In the current age of social media, there's a desire to show everyone, every second of your life, well, at least the good parts. In fact, it may take more effort and restraint to have no social media presence at all. That said, there's a certain allure to invisibility and watching the world without being seen. Now you see me, now you don't. This is Wayback Attack. My name's Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, where'd you go? I'm right here. Oh my god! Can't you see me? No, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Oh, just like our listeners. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad to be here on the mic. Uh, whether you can see me or not, we are both uh, smiling because we're happy to be talking about invisibility today. Specifically, we're excited because we got to see the invisible man. Mm-hmm. Brian and I, if you haven't heard already... We splurge and have the Regal Unlimited Pass, which means we can go to as many movies as we want to every month. This month, we watched The Invisible Man, and it was well worth it. It was so good. I loved it. (laughs) Five stars. (laughs) Five out of five stars. A while ago, they announced that they were going to reboot the entire Universal Monsters series. Mm -hmm. It was the Dark Universe. Right. Mm -hmm. But we only got the, The Mummy, which to me was the least the the one that needed rebooting the least because Brendan Fraser's The Mummy had so perfectly encapsulated what a mummy movie needed to be. Uh, I I never watched those movies. <gasps> but I think Bubba Hotep was was probably <laughs> the movie that encapsulates encapsulates that the best. Bubba Hotep is fantastic. <laughs> I need to watch that one again. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're not familiar with Bubba Hotep, it takes place in an old age home wherein Elvis resides in the mm-hmm. old age home. He didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the curse unleashes a mummy and they have to defend the nursing home. Yeah. And his, his best friend that helps him is someone that thinks that they're JFK. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so good. I Wait. I. So I know we're talking about the Invisible Man, but you glossed over. You've never seen the Brendan Fraser mummy movies? No. And it's weird because I love Brendan Fraser. And I feel like it had to be around the same time those were coming out, like Monkey Bone came out. And I know that that's not a critically acclaimed <laughs> movie, but I love that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just, I don't know what it was. I just never. So l- l- as best as I can compare it to the cinematic experience of another movie, mm-hmm. I would say it was like watching Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. Okay. In that you kind of go in with like somewhat lower expectations. Right. You're like, I don't even really know anything about this. But it's an action movie, so I'll see. Mm -hmm. But then it's just like the perfect cinematic adventure story experience. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's action-packed. It's a little scary. It's it's big and cinematic. Um, It was it was great. I always assumed that they were like Indiana Jones. It's a little of that, but Mm -hmm. more just. I would recommend you watch it. I will probably the second, third, and even I don't know if there's a fourth movie. They're not great, but the first one Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Get the Blu-ray of that. All that said, when they said Dark Universe, Mm -hmm. they're going to reboot the classic monsters, I thought that was great because I love all of the the universal stuff. Like I said, I bought that box set. I love the look and feel of it. I love the universal monsters walking around Universal Studios, Mm -hmm. Florida. Yep. You like that show with Beetlejuice? I totally love that. 
<laughs> oh yeah. And uh, but that said, I didn't even watch the Mummy because I was so upset that they were redoing it, and I didn't need to see Tom Hanks in it. And it no, was getting... not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah, my bad. It also looked really bad. It did not look good. Yeah. It did not look good. So because of that, they scrapped the plans to do so. Mm-hmm. But Blumhouse uh, is doing their own thing. I don't know if it's officially tied to the the dark universe. I don't know if they're actually even doing that anymore. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think they they canceled that. Completely. I think it's just totally a unique one off. Mm-hmm. But they announced they were doing it, and I didn't recognize the name of the director, Lee One L. Mm-hmm. Although I have since learned that he was in Saw and does some other stuff with the Saw movies, mm-hmm. um, and has you know some other directorial uh, work under his belt. But people were jazzed about. It. I'm I'm on film twitter and horror twitter mm-hmm. and so all these people that i follow are like super psyched about it so i was okay if these guys are really really excited about it i'll, I'll give it a shot and then you started reading like the idea behind it mm-hmm. and the conceit and you're like oh okay oh this is better and then you watch the movie and of course you're like well of course this is how they're going to do the invisible man in this day and age right. it makes perfect sense so you were talking earlier about the the way you thought the optics were perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. So this to- this uh, topic may be a little hard to discuss without revealing too much, but I think some of it's been been talked about in the trailer. Yeah. So the uh, uh, you know basically in the real world, I think there's a lot of really cool optical camouflage stuff for the you see for the military. Um, there's this company. Uh, I've only ever seen one guy talk about it, but I assume he owns the company or something uh but it's, you can basically have like a tank rolling up to somebody but because of the screen in front of it it bends the light around it so you don't see you, you don't basically don't see the tank and uh so I, I think that's really cool and so it's kind of like what this guy is is he is the um this scientist that is a leading uh he's super rich because he owns this company and they're like the leading he's the leading guy in optics technology yeah and he's so, the elon musk of optics yeah and so um and they don't ever really explain how the suit works or anything like that uh-huh. uh but i think i think that uh i didn't know anything about this movie going in other than seeing the trailer the first trailer that came out for it and when i saw that trailer i thought it looked really cool uh but because I have never seen the original Invisible Man, I like I never really understood how it's a monster movie mm-hmm. uh, or, or just a horror movie in general. Just because, um, like, I tie invisibility to like like stealing things and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And so, like, to me, I'm just like, I was just like, well, I don't know, like, Invisible Man. I guess like he's he's the Universal Monster, but I just never really had any desire to like look into it and see. I, I think that's a good sentiment. Like. When you think of all the other universal monsters, you think of Dracula and Frankenstein and the werewolf. Right. And even the creature of the Black Lagoon. He's, the, especially the universal monsters one, he's the hokiest of them all. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't seem that scary. Right. But man, did this movie <laughs> make being invisible scary. Mm-hmm. And just that sinking feeling that someone's watching you. Mm-hmm. But really visualized which is funny to say because you can't see anything but but the use of just dead space mm-hmm. where you're thinking is something there isn't something there yeah. which is what the same you know the protagonist is feeling as well 
you're like invested in it as well. Right. Like you see like a cushion on a chair is like 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 we in a weird shape yeah, and so you think someone's sitting on it or something like that. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like when you're when I was a kid and I would be home by myself or something or if I was like going to sleep sometimes you would think oh there's somebody there's something in the room or there's something here because of like <laughs> and so like you get that feeling through the entire film and, and it's kind of like uh you start seeing like how it affects someone's uh mental capacity like mm-hmm. always thinking that there's someone there watching yeah, the you and stuff paranoia and, will mm-hmm. destroy you yeah so uh so you're talking about optics earlier mm and I was thinking back to my first real memory of optics totally tricking me mm-hmm. and being mesmerized. It. Do you remember Mr. Wizard? Yeah. There was a Mr. Wizard episode wherein <laughs> it's like uh, they brought in some kids and said, look at this. Mm-hmm. And I don't really even know the setup for it. But all I remember is there is a kid with just his head on a table. <laughs> and... The thing about Mr. Wizard is that they show you how it's done, right. which mm-hmm. was great. Um, and, and how it worked was it was through mi- mirrors. Mm-hmm. So this kid had his head through a table or a slot cut out, and it looked like his head was just levitating. You could see underneath the table. You could see, like, the legs of the table, but you couldn't see anything else. Mm-hmm. But what they had was they had, a like, a partial surround, mm-hmm. and they used mirrors to angle it so that it was reflecting the surround instead of whatever else. Anyway... It was a, it was a really really cool effect, and it it got me captivated thinking about invisibility and and how that would work. And it was probably one of the reasons I started getting, I started really enjoying like magic and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Not Magic the Gathering, but actual uh, prestidigitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so at that time, um, gosh, I don't, I don't, I think that would have even been before Copperfield, right? So it was probably about the time, yeah. Cause, it might have been a rerun from. Uh, uh, from back in the day because he was on in the 70s and 80s right? I love Mr. Wizard mm-hmm. uh, my favorite one was uh, he he was like cut a circle or cut this piece of paper so that you can jump through it and kids were like you can't do that because it was just a regular 8 by 11 or whatever and and so he sh- he showed no you cut these lines here and like this and that was always I was just like man Mr. Wizard's so cool have you <laughs> he's ever, a wizard have you ever seen those videos where it's like Mr. Wizard being mean to kids no it's so funny it's oh just, where they cut it they they do a, a, a uh-huh. cut of the yeah but like he 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 is very short with the kids like I don't remember that when I was a kid but he is very short with them when when they're talking about <laughs> things but. And it's weird because the kids are very short with him, too. <laughs> anyway, so this movie, without revealing too much, um, Brian already mentioned about the optics suit, the, the guys in charge of optics. Elizabeth Moss, who is fantastic in Mad Men and now in Handmaid's Tale, uh, she plays this guy's girlfriend who she is trying to get out of an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and he's a psychopath. This is all in the trailer. I'm not ruining anything for you. And then he dies. And in it's she's given uh, some money in his will, but she has to maintain her sanity. Mm-hmm. And one other thing, I forget what it was. She can't commit a crime. Yeah. And she can't commit a crime um, for her to be able to keep that money. But it's probably not a stretch for people who watch the trailer to figure out <gasps> something's afoot. And not all is as it seems. So she goes and lives with a friend and her daughter, his daughter. 
And yeah, I mean, what you see in the trailer happens. Uh, she thinks she's being watched. She's being followed. Stuff goes down. My high praise of this movie involves <laughs> the fact that I screamed out loud. Well, I didn't scream. I yelled. Yeah. I yelled. I didn't. Yeah. You jumped. You jumped multiple times. I did. Well, see, <laughs> golly. And I'll watch a movie through my hands, too. Like, I am I have no shame in saying I, I put my hands over my eyes. Sometimes I just watch through the little cracks. <laughs> but this one was so good because I even. It was a part where you knew something was going to happen. You mm-hmm. knew something was going to happen. But it didn't happen exactly as I thought it would or exactly when I thought it would. And then the visual was just crazy. And oh my gosh, I yelled so loud. And then I laughed because it was great. I love that. This movie is great at giving you that that build up, that stress, and mm-hmm. then that release, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy. Um, do you have the information for the movie pulled up? No. Like I wonder, so like... I wonder what the budget was because, you know, some uh, some Invisible Man stories rely a lot on special effects, uh, and uh, you know there was special effects in this movie, like when you know uh, that it would it was pretty much just all CG, like whenever they would do special effects. But some of them, I was surprised with how when you, like how obvious it was that it was a special effect instead of like instead of it looking super realistic. And I don't, I guess cause Blumhouse is uh, kind of like an indie studio or whatever, you know, I'm sure their budgets for their movies aren't as high as others. Budget $7 million. Okay. Yeah. So. But to, to that, to, to, to the credit, I, I, there was a lot of parts where I didn't think they used special effects and, and some of the most effective, mm-hmm. some of the most effective suspense was just dead air. Right. Like you just show the corner of a room with nobody there, mm-hmm. but the way they've built the suspense it plays to its strengths for sure. I think it's cool too because there is there is an aspect to this film uh, where um, that's almost like Friday the Thirteenth. How you know Jason's coming because you hear that and um, I will never say kill Ma or whatever because I don't I can't put those words into that sound for some reason in my head or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? No. The that sound effect is supposed to be kill them or kill mom or something like that. Is, oh, really? Is, is technically what it is. Uh but I've never been able to make that sound. Anyways, um <laughs> but there there is a sound that is associated with the invisible man and so like sometimes you hear that sound and underlying in, in the background and so you're like, "Oh god, he's there." like type of thing. So I I thought that was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, so the the numbers on this one, 7 million dollar budget opening weekend 28 million dollars so far worldwide gross is 98 million so it's not a huge success uh as far as total box office mm-hmm. but versus its budget yeah. oh man it's, it's no blair witch gangbusters man <laughs> and then the some trivia here the uh the the main guy's name is last name is griffin mm-hmm. which is a throwback to the original story of yep. course yeah, I think I think it's cool that how they tie it back in uh, to and to to it with the character's name being the same and the fact that it's um, an optics leader in optics again. I, I, it makes me want to go back and watch the original one because um, I just want to see. Apparently, I had no idea what the Invisible Man was, and so now I kind of want to see it just so I can be like, oh well, like how's it compared to the modern day one? So yeah, you know, it seemed like the Invisible Man had been redone a lot. Uh-huh. Um but actually the the movies that we've seen with an invisible character 
aren't really a straight up remake of the Invisible Man. I thought right. there's kind of like Dracula, where it's been remade a hundred thousand times, but mm-hmm. there's actually not that many uh, in the scope of things Invisible Man movies. Right. Well, I think you know, I think it comes down to like it's not a, it, it's probably not a it takes a lot of work to make it visually appealing, mm-hmm. right? Because there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like I was saying, some some movies rely a lot on the special effects aspect of it. And so, um, but yeah. So uh, if you get a chance, check out the new The Invisible Man, the 2020 version. It's rated R, two hours, well worth it. Um, and there are a few other Invisible Man things that we would like to talk about. So let's do that. Well, I forgot to ask you at the top of the show, Brian, if you had the power of invisibility, Mm -hmm. what would you do? Anything I wanted to. Now, I do have to ask, so... Because I've thought, believe it or not, I've thought about this a lot in my life. Uh, because it, it would be, it would be an ability. Like if I had a superpower, um, you know, the obvious answer is to be like Superman or something. Like I'm mm-hmm. invincible and I can fly and do whatever I want, basically. Um, but uh, I, for some reason, I've always felt like invisibility is a more realistic special superhero power. Um, realistic, right? There's part, yeah. For, I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> but that seems more realistic to me. So, uh, but so there's part, there's things where I'm like, oh, but. Does this happen or does this happen? All right. So if I'm invisible, let's say I have the ability to turn invisible. Mm-hmm. When I turn invisible, can I touch someone and make them invisible too? Because this has been part of the things that I've thought about. Oh, this is – you've gone very deep with this. Yeah. Uh, like like I said, I've thought about this a lot in my life um, because I, if I had that power, I would want the ability to be able to not just turn a person invisible, but if I'm holding something to be able to turn it invisible, mm-hmm. right? Um you know, I want to be able to not have to be naked uh, so that I could turn my clothes. Because you're invisible. never nude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be able to make my clothes invisible also. Uh-huh. Um, and I think some movies, uh, we're going to talk about one of them later on, they handle that in a, in, in a cool way, like uh, how right. the invisible clothes work. But, uh-huh. um, you know, so, oh, geez. So if I had All right, to- so <laughs> if you could turn someone invisible with you, yeah. what – what would you do then? Would it change how you how you'd work as an invisible, or would that just mean you basically have an accomplice in all of your crimes that you're going to commit? Well, it wouldn't really it wouldn't really be an accomplice because really I don't I guess ultimately I don't care about turning other people invisible. I just want to turn things invisible. Okay, okay, right? gotcha. Um, you know, I just think it would be really interesting if I could do that to just. You know, people are always like to be a fly on the wall in that room, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. Like I could just walk around and just like see all kinds of crazy stuff that like you normally wouldn't be able to see. Like listen to people talking about meetings and stuff. <laughs> yeah. See, like I don't, you know, as far as a superpower goes, uh-huh. it's a little lame. It's a little like, yes, you could be stealthy. Right. And so like you could be like a killer or whatever. But like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like your th- your big thing was I could look at stuff <laughs> or like I could hear things. Just think, let's think like, like you go on a tour of the White House, right? And Ooh. then turn invisible, uh-huh. and then like go and like sit in like on meetings and stuff, and be like, <laughs> dude, I know about this. I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, you know, just stuff like that, or like 
I don't know, like you would have to be a criminal because you would have to have money to be able to do all the fun things you want to do because you're invisible. Mm-hmm. Like if you just if you had just regular income, uh, you know, being being invisible, you really can't do much with that. But you'd have to turn it on, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. This if you're stuck with just invisibility, right? Like, then then that's that really sucks, right? But um, me, if I were to have an invisibility, I'd want it more. I, I don't necessarily want it as a a superpower per se. Mine would be preferentially like um, it would be a reactive thing, uh-huh. situational, wherein like in the mornings when I go to work and I pass someone in the hallways and I say, and then they say good morning and I respond fine, mm. and it's t- <laughs> it's totally awkward. I just want a, a a response immediately that I just turn invisible <laughs> so I can run away, run away, get out of awkward situations really fast. <laughs> Yeah, but then don't you think that would make it more awkward? <laughs> They'd be like, oh, Preston just blinked out. He must have done something real dumb. Maybe it's – well, let's – maybe it's an, an evolutionary response for everybody. That that would be good. And yeah. then we kind of all just like, oh, well, yeah. That well, was awkward, wasn't it? Yeah, because like – because, you know, the whole thing with being able to turn it on and off, like part of the thing that has worried me in case this ability happens to me is that it'll be a thing where it's like you have to really concentrate on it. Or, or like it's easy for you to become visible again, and then at that point, because you know I've been on the fence of like, do I have to get naked or not? Then like, how much would that suck? Like if you're naked, and then all of a sudden something happens and it makes you like stop concentration, and then all of a sudden you're just standing there nude in front of everybody. Like, you really hung up on the naked I, thing. I, I just you I really think about this. I, yeah, well, I, th- I have <laughs> thought about it a lot. <laughs> so I only thought about it for this episode. And- I think uh, an evolutionary response to like a danger situation mm-hmm. kind of would kind of make sense. Um, like, so you're, you're just like, like a chameleon. chameleon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. All right. So uh, thinking more about invisibility in pop culture, we could have taken our, a stab at several things, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just going to breeze by a few. Um, obviously, I think the, the there's a category of pop invisibility in pop culture, which is comic books and superheroes and stuff right. like that. So. Uh, off the top of my head, I could think of Sue Storm from Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. I can think of Wonder Woman's jet. The dumbest thing ever. That's the dumbest thing ever. Hey, let's. How can we make her fly? But we didn't already make her fly. Oh, I know. Give her a jet. And so I always like that. In like the the DC cartoons, where like she just looks like an idiot, just like sitting, just sitting down, <laughs> going. I, I want to see that clip, but instead they just have that. The see me rolling, hating. <laughs> Yeah, riding dirty in the background with Wonder Woman just plopping a squat right there. I mean, if you're gonna, if if, if I was her, I would have just made it to where I'm flying the jet, laying down, so I at least look <laughs> like I'm flying like Superman yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and then kind of comic booky, and another superhero is Violet from The Incredibles. But I, I don't know. As a superhero, I just never thought it was compelling. Right enough as as compared to the other things if i were part of the fantastic four i'd want to be the human torch right yeah definitely um you know and it's it's funny because like um when you like if when i think of invisibility i don't think of heroic properties right because like you said it'd be good for sneaking and stuff and like like to me like those are like bad properties Mm -hmm. like for a villain and so but it's funny because like i can't really i'm I'm sure that they exist actually you know what super scroll he can turn invisible (laughs) So there's that. But like um but for the most part, like I really can't think of tons of enemies that that turn invisible. Because even in the tick, there was um 
a chameleon guy. I don't remember his his weakness was uh, crazy loud designs because he couldn't he couldn't camouflage to that, and so ah. he would wig out. But so uh, other pop culture invisibilities is the Klingon cloaking device, mm-hmm. which was which that was really cool. It added a, a cool element to Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, and had a lot of plot lines around all that kind of stuff, but. And real quick to jump in. So, I, you know, seeing that as a kid, mm-hmm. that happening, um, you know, I used to think like stealth bombers and stuff could do that because. Oh, right. Like, you know, like it's not that they're just like flying low and under the radar. Like I thought that they could turn invisible like that. Well, and, the, you know, when you did see pictures of them with the cool shape and uh-huh. then the black design, you're like, oh, they just have some sort of high tech super skin that right. can do mm-hmm. the do weird optics, basically, like yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. I'm a little bummed out. Now, still, that they don't have that ability. Yeah. Or maybe they do. Yeah, you just don't realize it. Yeah, bro. Uh, Illuminati over here. <laughs> um, of course, we wouldn't be... I'd be remiss to talk about invisibility without talking about Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. That is cool, all right? Because I, you personally... Don't, it, this this revolves around your never-nude stuff. Right, yeah. So you could totally have clothes on. Uh-huh. Just throw this bad boy... And, like, it's a temporary thing. Like, you can, sh- you know, you could uh, you could mask someone else with it. You uh-huh. can hide more than one thing. You could hide objects with right. it. But it's not like the object itself is invisible. I, I would lose – well, it is, though, right? Like, I mean, one side of it is. It does- I would lose it immediately. Like, I would take it off <laughs> and then be like, oh, no, where did I put that? And then, like, it would just be gone. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, you, know, I, I, you know, the invisibility cloak is cool. Uh, I would want it to be clothing of some type um, because – it, with it being just like, like in the movies, I, for some, I guess because it's called cloak, I've always assumed that it was like a something you would wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but like, it's just it gets hung like it gets hung on things real easily, or like you know, there's so many ways that that goes wrong. Having something like so you'd that, style so. it differently. You have like invisibility hammer pants. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Parachute <laughs> pants, and then like you have to spin around in a circle, and then all of a sudden you turn invisible from the waist down, <laughs> or like a, a invisibility tracksuit or something. That might be how it worked in the cartoon because the, his shoes were the things that like that that talked. Right, they were the magic. He had magic dancing shoes. There so. you go. These are my magic shoes. <laughs> all right, uh, a couple more things. The the ring in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Same thing as the invisibility cloak. It's like an object that can put it on there. Um, I really love that. And then uh, the coolest, we didn't talk about a lot of villains, right. a lot of bad guys, mm-hmm. but hands down, the coolest bad guy with invisibility has got to be the Predator. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, other things have like ripped off the way that his invisibility looks because his that is an optical, basically an optical design, the, an optical designed disguise mm-hmm. and master chief and halo when like when you get the invisibility thing you look the same like the way that light is bending around your body mm-hmm. um so i think that's cool because that's a good way to show invisibility but you can still see it you know so you understand but maybe it's harder to see because of the jungle trees and stuff yeah. there's actually a new predator game getting ready to come out too ah, that's and, cool yeah yeah i like how i like how they do those effects in movies with invisibility so instead of just showing like where it worked well for the Invisible Man movie we just saw, which mm-hmm. is you're just staring at an empty set. Nothing's moving. It's right. just empty. <laughs> um, I love the the visual effects they give in some of these movies like Predator and and others where it's like almost like a, a heat signature. Like a, right. when you see 
you know, heat. A mirage heat, or something. Yeah, coming off of a hot right. road or something mm-hmm. after the rain. You see that just wavy haze. Um, I think that that's a really cool effect, and Predator does that really well. Yeah, and I think the design of Predator is really cool because he has the ability to cloak, but then his blood is neon green, right? Mm-hmm. Like his blood glows, right? And so I think that's like a cool dichotomy between like his insides and outsides. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's neat. Cool. Uh, thinking about toys, we already mentioned Sue Storm, but do you remember her Toy Biz figure, which was totally like clear oh, plastic? Yeah, uh-huh. I thought that was pretty cool. But even cooler... Uh, I mean, I almost didn't mention that because it's not invisibility, but did you ever get the mail-away Star Wars figure for Spirit of Obi-Wan? No. No? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. So, you know, when Obi-Wan dies, Uh he's part of the Force, and he's that blue character. Uh Uh-huh. In 96, Kenner, when they re-released all those Star Wars figures, they had a mail-away option, and one of their mail-away options was uh, a Spirit of Obi-Wan figure, which was... It was bluish but it was clear and see-through and i thought that was really really cool because when they released anakin back in the day um you know he was just regular old anakin he didn't have Mm -hmm. any sort of blue element to Mm -hmm. him or 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 stuff like that did you have any other invisibility toys um no there was a funny thing that happened when i think it was guitar hero 2 it may have been it may have been three or world tour or something like that one of the guitar hero games was coming out and as a pre-order bonus for it, GameStop was giving away air guitars, and people got very upset because <laughs> they didn't understand the joke to it. And so people would go into stores, and then they'd ask for their air guitar, and then when they didn't get anything in return, they were upset because they felt like they were tricked into reserving the game because oh of Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. It would have been cool if they actually had, like, cardboard packaging. <laughs> yeah. For it, but it, there just wasn't anything in there. They, they should have like they should have trained all the employees to like hand over an invisible thing. Like, yeah, oh, that's go. what I thought you were going to tell me. I thought you were going to say <laughs> no. that these guys just lifted a pretend guitar <laughs> over their head and passed it off to these guys. That would have been uh, injury to insult for sure. Um, and then last thing we'll talk about is a toy, uh-huh. but it's not an action figure, and that is invisible ink. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you ever mess around with invisible ink as a kid? I had disappearing ink, and um, and I used to make invisible ink. Uh, it basically, if you just used lemon juice, uh-huh. you could write with that, and then when you heated it up, it turns dark, and so then you can read the thing. But uh, the lemon juice thing's stupid because you can see what it is. Yeah, you can totally see like the glare, uh-huh. the glisten on yep. it. So, but yeah, the disappearing ink. Uh, I was real bit. I had um, boys' life. Uh-huh. And so, like, I used to always order the things out of the back of Boy's Life, and one of the things I ordered was Disappearing Ink. So. I didn't order from the back of the magazine, but I remember KB Toys. They always had, like, a joke mm-hmm. gag yep. gift yep. area. With, uh, like, gum that Like, little magic fingers. tricks yep. and, yeah, the snapping gum, and they always had Invisible Ink. And I remember getting it, and it was, of course, one of those things where it was, totally didn't live up to, <laughs> to your expectations. But I think that's part of a – the passage of of youth you're a rite of passage i should say for for kids to have those goofy mm-hmm. gifts that don't do anything but yeah i was surprised to look up and find out that the you know like invisible ink that people make with the lemon juice and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff i mean it's been around for thousands of years yeah. people have been doing that kind of stuff hidden messages really cool but all in all you know uh, a good smattering of things in pop culture but not quite as many as i thought so i'm sure we've missed some mm-hmm. if you have listener if you have some uh, favorite element of pop culture dealing with invisibility that we f- 
forgot to mention, shoot us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. We'd love to, to hear your take on something and read it on air. Watch out, America. You never know where Zap It'll pop up next. Hey, Dad. Bobby! Zap it. Mr. Mailman. Oh, why you? Zap it. The color disappears, but the fun never ends. Dad! Hey, Bobby! Mom! Zap it. Complete with guns and disappearing liquid. Additional refills in red or blue sold separately. Zap it. The color disappears, but the fun never ends. All right. One of my favorite things about invisibility uh, really goes back to my love for MM- MMORPGs or massively multiplayer online role playing games. Uh, and I the, thought it was Mborg. Mborg. I love Mborgs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh, usually nowadays people just call them MMOs or whatever. But now the the definition of that is becoming so skewed just because of the way games work nowadays. But uh, back in 1995, this game, uh, I was able to beta test it. Uh, one of my friends was actually beta testing it and he didn't like it. So he gave it to me. And so I got to beta test it. And then I played it for years uh, after it came out and it was Ultima online. And, uh, <laughs> this game was amazing because it had, um, it was a role playing game, but you didn't like pick a class or anything. Um, you what basically whatever you did, you got better at doing that thing. And so you could, you had, there were skills you could increase, but you increase them by using those skills. Right. And that game blew me away. There was no tutorial or anything. It was an open world. When it first came out, there may have been servers that were this way, but I'm pretty sure every server was open world, open PVP, open loot. So if I killed somebody, I could take anything that they had on their body. And, um, that turns a lot of people off, but this game was, this was basically the first big MMO. And, so it was it was really just something that opened the door to everybody. One of the skills in this game is called hiding. And it was always the very first thing that uh I would level up because it lets you just turn invisible. You couldn't move. Um you could you could loot your own body. It, like so let's say something killed me, I could I could hide, loot my body, uh but then if I started moving, um I would you would become revealed. Uh but <laughs> so what I would do is I would set like, let's say F1 to that skill. And then I would put a book corner on F1 and mm-hmm. just leave it overnight. Uh. And that way, like <laughs> it's just constantly hitting that button. And then like when you woke up in the morning, your skill would be maxed out. So me and my cousin both did this. We used to play it together all the time. And we were in this like dungeon killing harpies and there was a bunch of people there. And, uh, and we um, were in there working together for everybody and like, you know, killing things. And these two people come in and they have blue. Like, so you can tell someone's a player killer because their name is red. And every, like, if you're not a player killer, your name is blue. And so these two blue name people come running in and they go, Hey, there's a PK outside and let's go out there and get them. And so, um, and so everybody in this dungeon's like, okay, cool. And so we all come running outside. There had to be like five or six of us. 
And those two guys were like the henchmen of this guy. Oh, no. His name was Dr. Claw. I'll never forget it. And it was, so we all come running outside. Legend of slaughter. Yeah. Like it was awesome. It was the best thing ever, like looking back on it. Uh, so they start, those two guys start attacking everybody, but Dr. Claw kills everybody so that he takes the reputation hit. And, and then they loot all the stuff off everybody. So, you know, me, I was really good at hiding. And so I just sit there and me and my cousin, we both just instantly like run a little bit and then just hide. <laughs> and there was like a, a, a spell called like reveal or detect hidden. And you could cast that places to try to find people. Uh, but most people didn't work on that skill because it was a stupid skill. And so there is another spell called flame wall. And so like we're just hiding and they keep casting flame wall, which makes like a, you know, like a, let's say a five foot wall of flame. And so they keep casting it in different spots because if you take damage, you show up. And so like we're just sitting there like, oh, God, please don't, don't, don't hit us. Don't hit us. Don't hit us. And eventually it, uh, I think it hit one of us. Oh, no. I think it hit my cousin. You. And I ran like I was like, screw it up. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> and so but then they killed both of us and took all of our stuff but i'll never forget it we have i have screenshots of it i made like an angel fire page in the 90s and there's pictures of like of that ha- like that from when that happened oh wow because uh, i did screenshot or i guess my cousin did screenshots of it and i have them up there but um man like that game was such a cool thing and it's it's cool because you know that was the first real mmo and you know now you get world of warcraft and was is the biggest one ever and but um you know like Nothing will ever, I think, nothing will ever match the feeling that I had in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, like with, with, with that. And it was such a big part of my gaming life that, I, that hiding was, was super important to me. So That's cool. Ultima Online was a thing that I loved a lot as a kid. Uh, and then another thing, another thing that I loved, uh, which was a movie, um, was actually uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And I, don't, I wasn't a big Chevy Chase fan or anything, and I don't know where I saw this movie. But the thing that got me must have been the special effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. That must have been the thing that I liked so much about it. I saw this movie when it came out, and it made almost zero impression on me whatsoever. Really? Yes. It was... So forgettable for me. Um, but then here in this last year, mm. I was offered a review copy of Shout Factory's re-release mm-hmm. uh, of Memoirs of an Invisible Man with like a 4K transfer of the original film elements and all kinds of special features and stuff. And uh, I got it and I was like, hey, this actually wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah. When when we talked about doing this episode, this was the very first thing that I thought of was, was this movie. <laughs> you thought of this. I thought a Hollow Man <laughs> with uh, Kevin Bacon. I think mine was the better one. I think. Well, looking back, you're probably right. Uh, but, you know, so earlier we were talking, or I guess I was talking about how special effects uh, heavy sometimes it has to be for these types of movies. And the special effects in this movie are really cool. Like, it even starts off with, like, you know, Chevy Chase's character is sitting in front of a camera, basically starting to talk about how what happened to him. Uh-huh. And to prove that he's sitting there, uh, you know, he picks up a pencil and moves it around. And, and then he's like, oh, wait, I know the perfect thing. And puts picks up gum and puts it in his mouth and starts chewing it. And, and it blows the, a bubble. Yeah. 
but the but the thing that I think is cool is the way you see the gum deforming, uh-huh. like from his teeth chewing it. Just stuff like that was really cool. And I think the way that they handle his invisibility is also cool because he can't see himself because he's invisible. Mm-hmm. And so that when he first becomes the, like an invisible man, he has to learn like how it's hard for him to pick things up or to eat because he can't see his hand going to his face or mm-hmm. he can't see his hand grabbing something. And uh, the thing that happens to him is he's like in a freak accident and the clothes that he's wearing also get turned invisible. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part where he's trying to find his clothes to put on and you know, it's, he's like, okay, I know I hung it on this chair, but I don't remember where I hung it. And I, th- I think that kind of stuff is a really cool part to think about. Yeah. So this movie uh, is, a really unique take on the Invisible Man story. And it was based on a book uh, of the same name, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, but directed by John Carpenter. I think that's crazy. uh, Right? So the book was by H.F. Saint um, and had some screenplay, uh, sorry, some screenwriters for this, directed by John Carpenter and uh, starring Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah, and Sam Neill were the 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 stars the biggest stars mm-hmm. of course um but you have some other ones in there too but yeah so what makes this one great for me yes it has great special effects especially for the time especially uh-huh. for the time oh yeah but um it's not a typical a typical invisible man story wherein you know there's a killer on the loose uh-huh. one so this guy isn't this guy isn't a killer it's not a monster this guy isn't um, trying to be a thief like we think we would all do is go try to <laughs> rob some banks or something. Um, it's the whole point of it was uh, to really highlight the isolation and loneliness mm-hmm. that one can feel as an invisible person, which I thought was a, a really unique take. And then, of course, the elements you mentioned, wherein it's not just his body that is invisible; it's it's his also the clothes that he was wearing, so um, he can be clothed, which I think I guess probably helps <laughs> helps the movie too so chevy chase doesn't have to be uh all naked and stuff or in bandages all the time but um what do you remember when you first saw this or or how often do you see this what's going on with this so when i was a kid i was real big about recording movies uh to vhs tape and then just watching them all the time so i i, I don't think i saw this i would i probably didn't see this in theaters i would have just recorded it probably around the time that it hit like hbo or something like that mm-hmm. uh and then um i after that point i would have watched a lot i also um <laughs> i made this like collage when i was a kid and i don't know what magazine it was it was probably uh I th- we used, we we had a satellite dish, and so we got this magazine that told you where to aim the the dish in order to pick up the signals. And I think inside this magazine had a small booklet of like upcoming movies and stuff. And I used to cut out all the movie posters, and I had this big poster board that I would then glue them to the poster board. And it was just hundreds of movie posters on this poster board. But I specifically remember that I did that for this movie poster. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So uh, I'm looking here at the trivia. Did you look at any of the trivia no. on IMDb? Uh-uh. Okay, so originally this was supposed to be directed by Ivan Reitman. Huh. But imagine this. There was a conflict with him and Chevy Chase. No. Yes. Unbelievable. And uh, Does it say what it's from? Chevy Chase uh, said, re- couldn't agree on the tone. Oh. Reitman demanded the studio choose either he or Chase. Huh. <laughs> they chose Chase. So, yeah, it's not surprising to me to, to hear 
But, uh, everybody had an, like I, I think it's so crazy that story. I mean I guess he has a big head is, is so. what his problem is. Um, and it's funny because when we were watching this, my girlfriend was like, "Was Chevy Chase like a like a sex symbol or something?" And I was like, "No, like he always played like a like a funny guy. Like he wasn't like I don't understand." Yeah, Chevy Chase is not. I really don't like Chevy Chase. Uh, I love I love. Don't get me wrong. I love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh-huh. One of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I don't think it's just because I can't see can't not see him in the Clark Griswold role, right. role. But all of his other ones that I remember, uh, Funny Farm, it just, like, it wasn't funny to me. Uh-huh. This movie, when I first saw it, it was very forgettable. And um, and even now when I watch it, he's he's not the strongest part of this movie right? by far. Daryl Hannah's much more natural, and Sam Neill's a you know, great performer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that kills me with this movie that makes it not a great movie for me still uh-huh. is the the narration the voiceover right. stuff mm-hmm. where he's trying it sounds like he's trying to be like a you know in a film noir private eye yeah, uh-huh. and he just doesn't pull it off <laughs> I, I i think that i just thought when as a kid i just thought the concept was so cool because it, it is a very human look at if that happened like what, mm-hmm. what would happen to you um, you know, with being chased by the government and, you know. Yeah, true. True. So, uh, any final thoughts about Memoirs of an Invisible Man? Um, I will say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's cool because he's he's an accomplished business person uh, or businessman. He has a like a club that he hangs out at all the time, and I think it's cool that when he's hiding out from the government because they know where he lives, like he goes and stays at the club, and like you know they talk about like him trying to eat. Oh, like that part's really cool. So like, we do have more to talk about. Yeah, I'm then. sorry, okay. I didn't I didn't think about it. <laughs> so, um, so like like I think that part's crazy because when he ingests something. It will eventually turn invisible, but not right away. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's like, he, he he's so hungry because he hasn't eaten for so long, and he eats all this stuff, and then sees it digesting in his stomach, and it makes him throw up. I just thought that was very cool. And then later on, when um, spoiler alert on a movie that's thirty years old, <laughs> uh, when he reconnects with Daryl Hannah's character uh-huh. in that mansion that he's hiding out in, yeah, she brings him some food. And to save her from the disgustingness, he eats with a bed sheet yeah. around him, uh-huh. like a big giant bib, so that she can't see what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that like the the effects in the movie, like that show like those kinds of problems that would come up. I think that I think that's very cool. Yeah. So this isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if you haven't seen it, it <laughs> definitely is worth a look. Chevy Chase is the Invisible Man, a hero like you've never seen before. Where have you been? Everybody's looking for you. When do I get the Invisible Man? In a movie like you've never seen before. We're the only people that can give you your life back. I can see through my eyelids. I can see through the top of my head. Chevy Chase. Daryl Hannah. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, February 28th at a theater near you. Well, even though we can't see you, we do want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you for listening to the show. And, and if you have any comments or questions, if we forgot anything, if we're total buffoons, hey, shoot us that email. Let us <laughs> Give us some feedback. You can either sh- uh, give us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on um, or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Yeah, that that really goes a long way into helping us out uh, with getting getting some visibility on the on the podcast storefront. Yeah, so. on getting, you know, we we don't want to be invisible. We want our podcast to be seen far and wide. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, my name's Preston. You can find me online at Squared Stiff on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, Brian, my name is Brian Grantham. You can find me on Twitter at b e Grantham. Uh, And you can find the show at Wayback underscore Attack on Twitter as well. And then uh, just thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. 